You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 131. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roshan Warner, at Roro, the host of Large Popcorn and Video Essayist, Christian Macias, at ISO Christian, and one half of the Men and Gitch podcast returning this week, Gage Dempster, at Gilbo Biggins. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Did you miss me? I mean, we always miss you, Christian. Why not? Thank you. Every week. (laughs) Finally, someone says it. Uh, You know who else we miss? All of the people that are watching us live right now and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN, twitch.tv slash Podcast PXN, and Twitter as well. Guys, the topic of the show this week is our thoughts on The Witcher 4 being confirmed and the trials and tribulations that are going to go along with that. But first, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Here we go. Quick bites, guys. Of course, chime in if you would like. That is the quick bites. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Brandon Jones has announced uh, he's from Easy Allies. You may remember him originally as the uh, one of the main voices of game trailers, which that, that website was one of the, my most frequented sites as, as a kid. Just to uh, go there for all the video game trailers it was great. Um, right. He has announced his retirement on Twitter. Uh, he posts, friends, colleagues, allies, I'm retiring. May 1st will be my last day as at Easy Allies and in games. I will continue recording VO and say hello when I am able. More details in this video during Easy X today and in the coming weeks. Thank you all. Uh, so I thought this was, you know, kind of important to put in here because I thought he's a like he's a pretty profound voice in video games. And I thought that would be cool to kind of put him in here and uh, just say thank you for everything you did. And uh, I, th- I also thought it was kind of funny, Christian, because when we were at the Game Awards, we were standing outside the theater and th- and I literally was like, oh, there's that dude from uh, that used to be a game trailer. And I can't remember his name. It was him. It was Brandon Jones. And it was there. I don't remember. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. He Dang. was outside when we were outside waiting to get in. But yeah, uh, super, super cool. Uh, Brandon, someone that was like I um, was never huge on like following. But I do understand that it, this is an end of an era, end of a, a big era. So, yeah, yeah, wishing him well in whatever he does next outside of the, the games industry. Absolutely. Uh, next up, guys, Supermassive, who you may remember from the creators of Until Dawn and also more recently the Dark, uh, Dark Pictures anthology games, uh, has announced a spiritual successor to Until Dawn called The Quarry and is officially launching in June. Uh, The Quarry is a teen horror where players are controlling nine different characters as they try to survive the last night of summer camp. And like Until Dawn, anyone can live and anyone can die. Hell Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I thought this was... You forgot the most important part. What's that? Brenda's song's in it. Yes. Brenda's song. (laughs) Okay. Mm. 
Yeah, there's a lot of big names in this. Uh, of course, you know, until Dawn had some big names as well, which is really cool to see. Uh, I'm very interested in this. Uh, I thought that until Dawn was very good, and I like that kind of spooky, you know, spooky genre. Is this yeah. piquing anybody's interest? I I was going to say, sorry, I just I was going to say, even though I'm not a horror guy, if anybody could get me to play like a. <laughs> Uh, horror game it's either it's ariel winter and brenda song those two like let's go i'm i'm in <laughs> any, so am i the only one that played until dawn in this chat i have not played it yet yeah i want to just me and dan yeah, yeah. Do, do you like until dawn because I, I i mean i didn't love it but like i had a really great time with it like my one or two days with it yes i i think fun. i agree i think it's uh kind of the thing where it was kind of a narrative uh, I don't know. I don't want to say walking simulator, but it was definitely more that than it was like gameplay heavily heavy. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I thought it was good. Yeah. From the outside looking in, it seemed very much like the telltale series, just a horror hmm. spin on it with a bit more polish, I guess. Similar, but hmm. I don't know how true that is. No, telltale feels a bit more like rooted in like, um, like, options and like different like dialogue choices whereas this very much felt like more like a roller coaster kind of a a movie where you you were able to like choose different paths closer oh, to an okay. fmb than than a kind of a telltale to be like the way i i felt it kind of like you just um, keep coming to forks in the road you go left or you go right as opposed to being able to sort of carve there are path. there are moments like that it's also like depending on what what actions you take in like key like action sequences by the way one of my favorite things about, um, I'm sorry, we're running longer on this quick bite segment than we should, but one of my favorite things that uh, Until Dawn did was there were segments where you would have to not move the controller at all, and it would be like little micro yeah. stuff that you just, like, if you did it, you failed. That stuff was always so interesting. It made the game feel a lot more tense, and it felt like I was actually in it, as opposed to like, when I watch a movie, it's tense only through like the way I experience it. So yeah, through gameplay, that, that was really cool, and I'm curious to see how they do it with the quarry. Yeah, I think the we, now that you're saying that, Christian, the weirdest part of that game, I think, was the end. Like the, I'm, yes. I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's just it mm-hmm. kind of ended. I was like, what? Where did that come it from? A, but, it was a bit too much. Yeah, agreed. Moving on, guys. Uh, there's new PS4 slash PS5 update. That it, there's a new one that is available right now. Uh, it's got. And you some, should not download it. Yes, yeah. I did see that, actually, that it was causing issues uh, after they kind of released this, which is ugh, not good. But what's in it, Dan? The update. Yes, the update comes with uh, open and closed parties now so that we kind of talked about this when they announced it a, a while back, uh, which is cool. We're finally getting a party system. Uh, you're getting UI enhancements on PS5 and accessibility features, which is always fantastic. They're testing voice commands for accounts in the U.S. and U.K. And also they're getting PlayStation app and remote play enhancements, which that's that's good. A lot of quality enhancements. But one of the features coming on the horizon that they talked about, finally, as we talked about actually, I think last week or a last week. Last week? Yeah. Variable refresh rate is coming to PS5. It's coming on the horizon. So hopefully with the next update, we'll finally get us some vrr action uh the biggest bummer for me is like the the update is just stuff that was already kind of present before in the ps4 ecosystem like the whole open party and closed party 
like if I remember correctly, like, was a thing in the PS4 era. You can see what parties pe people were in if they had it public, and you could just join them. So happy to see those come back, but like you know, not not huge update. And I guess the, also the bummer that it's just causing a lot of issues with PS Plus. Like that that really sucks. But VR on the horizon, great. Finally got a word on it because it was kind of quiet on on that front for a hot minute. So exciting stuff. Real cool, real cool. Uh, moving on, guys. Godfall Ultimate Edition is coming to both Xbox and PC on April 7th. Uh, this was previously a PlayStation 5 exclusive, and I think it actually ended up coming to PS4 later uh, after they said it was PS5 exclusive. And then uh, now we're getting on other platforms as well, which is great news for people who enjoyed this game. I think it got okay reviews. Of you. I think it got okay reviews. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but as confirmed by Gearbox, uh, they stated that uh, the Xbox Series X and S versions will receive exclusive hardware-based enhancements, including variable refresh rate and support for Dolby Vision. Uh, it will include the base game, the Fire and Darkness expansion, and three content updates, Primal, Lightbringer, and Exalted. So... Lot of extra content there, I guess. Uh, if you want to dive into to Godfall, when PS Plus gave like Godfall <laughs> DLC for free, but if you wanted to play like the rest of the game, you had to buy it. That was weird. That Remember was that? weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like I, I think it's like at a 60 on Metacritic or 61 or something like that. It was very mixed when it came out for sure. It feels like one of those games that people are going to be like okay yeah you guys can kind of you keep that one if you want i don't i'm not too itching to play that one playstation you guys could hold on to that but having more games everywhere is always is always good but yeah i don't think anybody was like w waiting with bated breath to get no. this on other platforms but for those who are good good for you i'd love to see the sales data for this game because i feel like it's yeah it's it's this one seems like a like a a, a functional babylon's fall where it's like nobody was particularly excited for this game. This one happens to work, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I don't remember any hype for this game ever. The the biggest thing going for it was that it was a day one release with PlayStation, uh, PS5. Yeah, PlayStation yeah. Five. So yeah. those ended up playing it like got to see like pretty graphics and fast loading. So that's cool. But otherwise, yeah, just not very impressive or memorable from what I heard. Yeah, it's almost like it's it's almost like it should be a Game Pass game, but it's not a Game Pass game. So <laughs> I don't know who right. would pay 60 bucks for this. It's definitely a bargain bin. But. Mm -hmm. Anyways, moving on, guys. Nintendo is up to some weird stuff as usual. Uh, <laughs> the Nintendo Wii and DSi digital shops have seemingly been turned off with no warning whatsoever from Nintendo. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure what the hell Nintendo is doing, but apparently both shopping channels have been down since March 16th with no indication whether it was done for maintenance or if Nintendo has taken them offline for good. Players have been unable to purchase items from the Wii Shop since 2019 and DSi Shop since 2017, but its current state of being down altogether means players who have already purchased games digitally on the platform are unable to officially download them. Obviously, in terms of game preservation, it's not good, as we've talked about a million times before. But, yeah, ugh, not good to not let your consumers know that this is happening, Nintendo. Dolphin emulator. Get to it, because this is, <laughs> this is a very shitty practice. No warning? I didn't... That is terrible. 
Well, that's the thing. It's one thing to say, like, it, it's shitty to do it with no warning, but when PlayStation gave a one-year warning, that was still shitty. Like, that's still like a not that's still not enough time, right? When they, it's when shitty they no made... matter what. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I recently sold my Nintendo Switch, so I'm happy I'm happy to be rid of this platform because, Damn. honestly, at, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, like, at a it's certain like, point... Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're incredibly anti-consumer, and I feel like it's it's easy to forget because of how colorful their, their ecosystem is and, and how bubbly they are in the presentation front but i mean this is like you're to take everything that's happened with them for the past four years like that's and they're i don't know what the hell they're doing they it just <laughs> seems like they do not care at all about their yeah. consumers which is just nuts so i don't know i'm done with nintendo for now this is just they, they do seem to get a pass a lot don't they they Absolutely. do including yeah. me like i'm part of i'm sure i'm part of the problem i mean you, sorry, yeah go go ahead go ahead dan no, I was just going to add on to Chris. I was just going to say, yeah, a lot of us are the problem. Like, we just enjoy these great games that they put out, but then we're like, we forget about the bad shit that they do, and it's just like... Yeah, we we call them weird Nintendo decisions, and we laugh when we move on, but, like, yeah. we should probably scrutinize this company more. Definitely. Yeah, It obviously, we don't know if it was an accident or not, but I, I have a feeling that it, it wasn't an accident, and I don't think these these channels are coming back up anytime soon. I don't think there's going to be like a PlayStation Vita situation where PlayStation, where PlayStation was like, okay, we'll give you a bit more time. We'll turn the lights back on and you guys can download a couple more games. I have a feeling that they're not going to do that. Um, but yeah, which is which is definitely upsetting. And Gage is absolutely right to like just put his foot down where he where uh, where it comes to this company and just like everybody has their own like uh, ways of dealing with these companies. I guess like for me, it's like Activision and and Ubisoft and. It's just it's just weird how I give Nintendo the oh, the okay because I just enjoy some of their games, but just like not other places, and just it's just interesting to to see yeah. where everybody falls down on that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with with any of that, but yeah, for sure. Wish... And I don't want to I don't want to uh, like try and and tell like Roshan like you obviously you're still playing Nintendo games, yeah, and that's yeah. totally fine. And I, I I was I unfortunately missed the Hogwarts Legacy stuff, but the the core of something I just want to say is like. It's kind of impossible to live an ethical sort of consumer life nowadays. Like from Apple to Microsoft to Xbox to PlayStation, these are all massive companies that do shady shit somewhere, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I hate when people try to tell other people what they should or shouldn't um, support because all these companies are bad. It's just kind of like the way things are. So I'm putting my foot down with Nintendo, but I don't care if you don't. Like, it's one of those things where it's like everybody has their own prerogative to and their own lines in the sand to draw. But for me, it's just like, this is just getting silly. We'll get to it with Hogwarts Legacy, but um, there was a great article. Oh, my gosh. I cannot remember her name. I think it was a Polygon article, if I remember right, last week. And, you know, the conceit in the article, like, there's a great section was i'm not gonna tell you whether or not to buy the game that that, that isn't to- totally like your prerogative whether or not you want to support it but at the very least like it's our responsibility to at least say the facts about right. x y and z issues right yeah so, so you have the information to make your decision yeah. if you're going to support it or not yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep. absolutely and as we've talked about numerous times on here the the issues are so complex and like there's so many different layers to it like you have to think about the developers and the people that are you know working on the game and like obviously everyone has their own thoughts on whether or not you know they want to support that or support this or like 
if you supporting it whatsoever goes up the chain all the way to the top that's that's the thing that it's it's just it's tough for sure uh guys after that other nintendo news <laughs> we got surely surely we got some good nintendo news right oh my god this is how they get away with this shit man it's like no we've like go ahead sorry sorry <laughs> So, so five five years after the Nintendo Switch launch, they have now added the ability to group games into folders on the Nintendo Switch. So that sounds like a great feature, which people have been wanting for a long time. However, in order to get to these groups of games, you have to scroll all the way to the right and select all oh. software on your Nintendo Switch instead of it just being on the home screen. Nintendo. What are we doing here? And I'm, I'm have, gonna. Oh, right, go ahead, please. sorry. No, go, 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 no. go, 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 go. <laughs> no, it's it. You first. Okay. Trust me. I I haven't. I I was gonna say I haven't used it yet. I haven't been able to play much games recently, or even turn on my Switch. But the fact that to get to the folders, you have to go to where all your games are, anyway, <laughs> and then I don't know the 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 all access all access all games area is actually really. I wish that was the home screen, you know, like having <laughs> to scroll. I wish that was just the home screen. It's just so weird to. <laughs> I, I'm just bedazzled, I guess. One second. Yeah. I need to jump in here. Dan, don't you dare read that comment from Glenn. Do what? Don't you. Oh, I thought that's what you were smiling at. Oh, I oh. thought I saw you up there. I didn't even don't you dare put that dirt on my name. Sean 2.0. Gage. God damn it. God damn it. Sorry, Sorry Christian. What, what were you going to say? I'm going to press this further and say. Uh, let's scrutinize PlayStation as well for taking away folders with the release of, you know, the PS5's OS. Like, I does the home it. system look good? Like, sure. I, I actually really enjoyed the way the PS5, like, outlay looks. It's, it's, it's nice. But, like, there's only, like, 10 options on the screen. Um, and if you rotate something else, it'll push everything away. So then you have to go into your library. And I have, like, gosh i don't know like a bunch of stuff installed including my hard drive and so like it gets really messy and i'm having to go through too many stuff bring folders back i'm sure it'll look just fine on the os yeah definitely way to that's the thing with with either ui or systems or games whatever it's like the next iteration the next thing shouldn't remove options that Mm -hmm. were previously there if anything they should you should add new stuff and build upon it i would just like to say a little little tidbit when I bought my Nintendo Switch in launch year, I didn't get it at launch, but I got it launch year. I'm pretty sure the very first thing I asked Rashan was, <laughs> hey, can you put your games into groups or something? And you're like, yeah, no, no, no not yet. Hopefully yeah, soon. And now, Hopefully soon. <laughs> now, because it's finally happened five years later, that kind of unlocked that memory in my brain. So yeah. I was And you asking, sold your Switch, and you can't, now you can't even do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Literally the first thing I asked about the switch. Hey, can you put these into like little grids or something like that? And you're like, yeah, no, maybe soon. <laughs> Hopefully, that's so funny. And the, like you said, uh, Gage about building upon previous stuff. That that was like one of the things that people were like complaining about uh, the Xbox going from Xbox One to Xbox Series S and X. They kept the UI the same, just did updates to it and brought it to Xbox One and Series S and X. So like people criticize that because they're like we want to see something new but also at the same time it was good because they kept all the features that people yeah. enjoyed from right. the previous so, I, there's, I, a, there's a middle ground somewhere I for think. sure i was gonna say i would i would definitely like an overhaul of the of at least the home ui on xbox just because it's like you have it has such a seamless option 
to you know uh make your screenshots like your background but then you can't see anything because of all the tiles i would love to have an option where it's kind of like almost like take inspiration from windows 10 or windows 11 and have like a bunch of things along the bottom of your screen or even like um down the vertical and, and horizontal sort of but i know that playstation does that so that might be a little risky trying to something that might seem like it's copying it but uh yeah i mean uh i uh yeah it's unfortunate because I take screenshots all the time, and I'm like, hey, this will make a really good background, and I do it, I'm like, oh, wait, I can't see it at all, ever. <laughs> Alright, moving on from Nintendo, guys. Hogwarts Legacy uh, got its unveiling at the State of Play last week, late last week. Of course, we talked about that a little bit ago. Um, there are many issues with the, in terms of the uh, creator of this uh, original IP, or the uh, original Harry Potter IP of J.K. Rowling, of course, we know all of her transphobic comments that she's made and all of those things that should never even came out of her mouth. Uh, and uh, it's very, very complicated, uh, you know, how we like cover this game and how do we uh, react to this game and are we should we be excited and everything else. Uh, but I'm just going to uh, just... Honestly, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, so like I watched a little bit of this uh, state of play. I didn't really watch it like in depth because I'm just like, yeah, I don't really care that much about it. Um, but a lot of people were saying like this this gameplay essentially looks like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, like in terms of like it's weird because you're like using the wand to like slash. Apparently, I didn't really watch mm -hmm. that part of it, but like it's essentially like a lightsaber, and I'm just like, is that really what? I don't know if that's how a wand should act. I don't know. I'm not a Harry Potter expert. I will fully admit that, but uh, I don't know. I okay. So I was my one of my friends was was streaming State of Plays because he he works um, PlayStation Source, um, and so I was kind of um, hanging out in chat. But I saw some of this stuff, and I was like, gameplay look good, like sure, but I'm still probably not going to support it, right? And then, you know, reading online, there was already issues with the depictions of, of goblins in the, in the series of Harry Potter. To find out that the conceit of the game is you fighting against goblins who are, and I'm pulling from the gamer here, um, fighting for equality and unionization. Nice. That's cool. Why? Is, why? <laughs> why? Why are they the bad guys? <laughs> Oh man! I did not wait. Even realize that. <laughs> the gob. Wait, that's their. Is that? Yes. Is that like their official? It, yeah. Thing? So that's that's the game. The goblins are fighting for unionization and equality, and those you know all the rights associated therein. Mm -hmm. uh, and then your job is to go, you know, fight a bunch. Cool. To be fair, <laughs> for the for the benefit of the doubt, that was mm -hmm. all. Wasn't that also the goal of like the black flag and uh, what's it called? No, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm, that's not the name of it. That's the only Black Flag I know. Black yeah, Flag is a great game. Great game. It's not Black Flag. Black Flag <laughs> is a great game. No, the this um, the new Winter Soldier series. What was it? Oh yeah, the Falcon I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, the that, that, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the TV series. So that was their goal, but they are also blowing people up. So maybe that's the true. goblins are taking it to the nth degree. Next, we have no idea. Level. To be I fair. love. 
as soon sure. as Christian said they're fighting for equality and unionization, I was watching a clip of just the wizard just absolutely smashing this goblet on the ground. It's insane. <laughs> I just thought I, I obviously I don't know how, how they're going about it like Gage was saying, but it's just so funny to hear what, what Christian said to just watch the, the clip. Just get right. like, I don't know, evil wizards <laughs> to be the bad guys who wanna like, I don't know, do something inherently evil not like yeah. fight for rights oh, I, <laughs> come on. We'll, we'll we'll see how what how they do yes. it i i don't know i don't know yeah, how harry yeah. potter works because i'm also not a huge harry potter uh fan but from fans apparently the gameplay looks looks fun despite like the weird goblin stuff apparently the <laughs> gameplay looks like uh, a fun time so i'm excited for those people but for me, this I watched. I watched PlayStation Source too, Christian. I, I was. I think I saw you in chat for a little bit, um, but that's where I was watching it. And he wasn't a huge Harry Potter guy, but as the stream went on, he was just like, he was getting more and more into it. He's like, this yeah. actually looks fun. Like, I actually want to check the, this out. The yeah. world is like beautifully realized. The world of like, you know, the wizarding world of Hogwarts like looks visually like really stunning, and like there's there's a mood there, and, and like aesthetics nailing it. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a I'm not a Harry Potter guy at all either, but um my best friend Glenn, who's always in the chat, is a big Harry Potter guy. And also my girlfriend's a big Harry Potter person. So I did watch the state of play and I was like, oh, you know, gameplay looks looks good. The problem the problem nowadays is that you have creators that can not only just create a piece of art, but they create these entire like universes and worlds that affect so many people. And then if it comes out that the creator has some really distasteful opinions than that you know what i mean like it, it sucks because that that world that universe has already affected so many people like if we're all honest with ourselves let's say if a certain famous comic book creator sort of came if it came out that uh you know maybe they were an, a, a very distasteful person do we think we'd all give up on like superheroes and the marvel stuff like i don't i don't think so i don't know it's tough i don't know I yeah. I'm excited for the fans because this game there's never been a really good Harry Potter game in this game I was watching the state of play I thought it looked really great it looked at least like a proper triple A quality game which is for cool sure. but yeah personally will I play it no because I just don't really like Harry Potter that much but um, I will say on a personal note only because I'm a part of this podcast and I feel like it's important to be honest I do feel that if you if your goal is to cover video games, you should probably cover them unless they're like overtly like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's it's we should lean on the side of we should probably cover most games because, again, like the dev team didn't really do anything. It's just kind of JK Rowling and her backwards ass opinions. But I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I th I still think it, it just has to be a case-by-case -case basis that people need to make their own informed decisions. Of course, there's so many layers like we've talked about that, you know, not everyone's going to have the same, you know, takeaway from things. And, um, you know, if IGN doesn't want to cover it and, you know, Polygon does and they all have their justifications for why they are and aren't, I think that's okay. Uh, I don't think that necessarily, in my opinion, everyone has to cover it. Uh, I do think that at the end of the day, it is a business, and like if IGN feels like that it's going to be a detriment to their site to cover it, then they're, by all means, don't cover it. I don't mm -hmm. 
moving out of the heavy stuff, guys. <laughs> We're moving into Friday the 13th developer Ilphonic has announced a new Ghostbusters game called Spirits Unleashed. Uh, it's a new 4v1 Ghostbusters game. Apparently, you will have the chance to put on a proton pack, grab a ghost trap, and monitor the trusty PKE meter as a Ghostbuster and a team of four brave souls pursuing ghastly ghosts terrorizing public locations. Uh, furthermore, players will be able to talk to Winston Zettimore, once again, for, uh, once again voiced by Ernie Hudson, which is really cool, and also Dan Aykroyd's Ray Stance uh, at Ray's Oculus. Uh, or occult books, I don't know, to learn some busting wisdom. So I, I think that's actually kind of cool that they got two of the characters uh, from the movies. Uh, hopefully their their voiced stuff isn't like like weird and like corny and stuff and cheesy. But uh, I think well, like this NBA 2K. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think this sounds really interesting on paper, though. I, I'm interested and intrigued to see more from it. Uh, I really liked Friday the Thirteenth personally. I I thought it was a really fun game. Uh, it definitely had its problems and glitches and bugs, but uh, the gameplay I thought was fun. And I think this works perfectly for Ghostbusters. I think that would be a really interesting idea. And I just kind of want to see see how it turns out, you know. I agree. I saw this on Twitter and I was they, they announced this and I was like, oh, the four V one asymmetric uh <laughs> model kind of fits this perfectly. I, I yeah, I'm not and I'm not a big book Ghostbusters guy at all. I mean the first movie's hilarious and great, but I don't really have a special connection to it. But yeah, no, I saw this and I was like, this seems like a good fit for that style of of uh you know dead by daylight friday the 13th style gameplay that's cool happy for you ghostbusters fans yeah <laughs> i i just missed the luigi's mansion 3ds multiplayer oh. that's mm. what i miss i want i want that back <laughs> I, I was moaning for luigi's mansion not for 3ds multiplayer Sorry. oh fair fair <laughs> the most fun. i was also 13 though <laughs> luigi's mansion 2 so good very good. Very good. Uh, guys, moving on into some custom Xbox controllers that uh, have dropped. There's, <laughs> Hell yeah. there's two uh, custom controllers for Sonic, celebrating the Sonic movie, and also a spring collection. Uh, the Sonic controllers are probably the most bizarre and outlandish things I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, they're actually, like, if you haven't seen them, go look them up on the internet right now. They're literally, like, fuzzy, uh, furry, like, creatures, and it's just, it's so crazy to see that. <laughs> That's a controller you put on display and never use if you got one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, collect it and then just never hold on to it because that thing is going to be so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> play Elden Ring for two hours with that controller and see how it feels after. Oh man, it just you guys traps being... all the moisture from your mm. hands. Do you, you can't you can't even wash it because it's a controller. Yeah, that's that's pretty gnarly. <laughs> you guys, you guys are being way too generous with this thing. I saw this, and it, you know what I immediately thought of when you see those awful like creepy pasta type things where it's like a face made of teeth. Like that's what I saw when I saw this controller. I was like, this isn't right. None of this is right. I don't like this at all. I want it to be removed. I want to win that controller just so I can burn it and then make sure that nobody else, like, it doesn't go on to the next person. <laughs> I think that, like, the fur almost looks fake. It's too lush. I think, like, like we were saying in our our, uh, our Twitter chat, I think the console design looks super cool, as long as it's, like, actually painted on there and not, like, a decal or sticker or whatever. No, it's also fur. 
Wait. Also yellow fur. What? Oh my god. No, it's not. Oh, okay. I, was, <laughs> I almost <laughs> believed that for a second. Furry console. The yeah. uh the I was trying to think what the the uh, controllers remind me of, and they remind me of Snuffleupagus from uh, yeah. from Sesame Street, that fuzzy elephant. <laughs> yeah, I never liked him either. So, <laughs> is he an elephant? Is that what he I, really? I don't know what he is, but he has a trunk. So I I just thought he was an elephant. <laughs> I don't but... know what he is, but I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the the spring collection though. Those are really cute. I love those uh, controllers. Bring up the spring collection Dude. now. Dude, this <laughs> the spring collection looks amazing. Like especially the buttons. I like the button designs like on yeah. the uh on the the ones that are the light colored. The other ones look, you know, somewhat normal, but yeah, the light Pink colored. Pink lemonade, ones. sexy that like camo one, that purple camo in the background almost looks like more like paint than camo is great. The one on the right with the grip over it even looks really cool. See, I kind of I kind of fucked myself over because I saw that and I misread the headline. I was just scrolling through Twitter and I was like, no way. I thought these were colors and designs they're adding to Design Lab. And I was like, no fucking way. That's huge. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, OK, it's I mean, like still really cool. But I, I, I kind of thought it was even better than it was where I was like, no way they've added all these cool controllers because my girlfriend's been thinking about getting a uh, custom control. She hasn't quite found the right design yet, but these are cool. And I, I do like the grips. I told her about the grips comes to that is is design lab still a thing for the the newest xbox yes. controllers That's it's only cool. that yeah they took it that down for so cool. they took it down for like six to eight months i think and then when it came back you can only get the new got it very cool very cool moving into our next story guys suicide squad kill the justice league has officially been delayed to 2023 spring 2023 more specifically uh, There's rumors for, about this for a long time that we were talking about, but uh, Sefton Hill posted on Twitter, we've made the difficult de decision to, de to delay Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League to spring 2023. I know a delay is frustrating, but that time is going going into making the best game we can. I look forward to bringing the chaos to Metropolis together. Thank you for your patience. It is interesting. It, it, it's been a long time since the last game they made, which was Batman Arkham Knight. I think it was 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds uh, right. So eight years. That's a long dev cycle. Uh, as some were pointing out, maybe this game kind of changed shape a couple of times. Uh, maybe it didn't even start as a Suicide Squad game because there was rumors about TMNT for a little while. Uh, so it is interesting, but... Hopefully, Rocksteady can and put it all together and kind of land on something good. Yeah, first of all, like, very cool that these two, you know, DC properties aren't going to be competing against each other in the fall anymore. Talking, yeah. of course, about um, Gotham Knights. Um, and also, like, impressions on this game just from the two trailers we've gotten seem to be, like, not largely enthusiastic about it. Like, I don't know, that gameplay didn't seem to entice a lot of people, so... Yeah, push it out, give it some more time. Maybe it'll look cool by the time it's ready to go. Absolutely. Moving into our last quick bite, we have some review roundups, guys. Ghostwire Tokyo, we'll start with that. Uh, doing pretty, it's doing okay. It's doing 77 right now on uh, Open Critic. Uh, that's solid. Um, nothing, you know, mind blowing, but that's pretty good. Uh, you say 77? Yes, 77. So you That's get seven, seven points for me, baby. <laughs> yep. Enjoy them. Enjoy your scraps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, 
but I think people have largely been just saying like it's it's just kind of a it's a different experience. I feel like it's just hard to describe that. I don't know. Somebody else would probably be better to describe this game because I <laughs> I don't even know how to describe this game to be honest. It's just a little basic and lackluster from what I've heard. None of the the world has, looks and feels kind of empty. It's cool art design, right? But the side missions aren't very memorable, and none of it seems to be like too fun. Yeah, just another kind of checkbox open world. And if you aren't into that, then you know might not be much there for you. Absolutely. Uh, and then we also have review roundup for Kirby in the Forgotten Land, which somebody else has mm. in their fantasy <laughs> critic. And it's sitting at an 85 on Open Critic right now. Mm, keep killing it, Kirby. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people. I don't even. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. I don't even care that you're getting points for this game because, like, I just wanted it to be good as well, like, much like Row. And, yes. like, a nine, I think, from a lot of, like, places as well. Yeah. It's huge for a Kirby game. Yeah. Oh, my God. Get out of here. I, I care. I care that you're getting points, Dan, because you know what? <laughs> We said we were going to do this Fantasy League thing. It was a great idea, and I was like, oh, okay, we're all going to have fun, and we're going to have fun with it. And then Dan, the first weekend, while all of us are sleeping, decides that he's going to go on this binge spree and buy all these fucking games. I did, yep. I, I'm mad. I'm mad yeah. you're getting points. When The Last of Us 3 gets announced and it comes out this exactly. fall. You know, we'll we're wide awake, Gage. Yeah. We're wide awake. We're, we're just waiting for, <laughs> we're waiting for E3. <laughs> And we, we we're playing a strategy here. Okay. I have eight points, <laughs> but we're you playing have eight a strategy. Points? We're playing a strategy. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> For just Destiny Witch Queen. Oh, my, God damn it! Yeah, my fail counter pick is the reason why I'm also so low. That's why. That's right. But, yeah. yeah. You'd be even farther ahead of me if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dan Kirby's great. Appetite, you know, us. We're, we're 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 waiting for dinner. <laughs> that's ridiculous, Dan. That's absolutely ridiculous. Look hey, at his. Hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, hang on. Uh, but talking about Kirby, the open world, people have been really praising the 3D aspect of it, and many have been saying like this is like the the change that Kirby needed. Like uh, a lot of people are like, man, let's just get 3D Kirby's from now on. Uh, so that's really cool to see, kind of. Uh, getting the Super Mario um, 3D effect essentially for Kirby, so that's really yes. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah! And our final review roundup: Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which of course somebody else has in their fantasy league uh, team, and it is sitting at an 80 on Open Critic right now. Um, Actually, Game Informer gave it a 9.5, which I was like, holy crap. Um, but it does seem like it's more of the same, like that Borderlands-esque feel, but kind of changed up the formula a little bit with more like Dungeon and Dragons type of uh, type of deal. But a lot of people have been talking uh, very good about this game, and it'll be a, probably a cool co-op game for people to play. Uh, and yeah, I, I think many of the complaints were that it wasn't like very deep of a game, which I would argue pretty much all the borderlands aren't that deep of a game it's pretty mm. you know it's just a fun experience to hop into and, and enjoy with friends so um yeah it's cool to see that doing well as well all right guys moving into our news of the week uh the first one obviously we got to go back to a somber story i'm sorry guys uh oh. we're bringing it back down a little bit uh but uh 
Ori developer Moon Studios, so they made Ori and the Will of the Wisps most recently, and also Ori and the Blind Forest uh, many years ago, reportedly has an oppressive leadership and will reportedly not work with Xbox in the future. Uh, not good. Um, so Ryan McCaffrey uh, had some good thoughts on it on here. Um, he said, this hurts to read. You might think that being a fully remote work studio would cut down on toxicity, but nope. It sadly appears that the heads of Moon Studio run their company like Twitter trolls, and their non-apology response only reinforces VB's report. Um, not good. Not good at all. Yeah. Uh, there's a little snippet here that says, another developer said, I do believe that Moon was a place full of wonderful people. It was just led by two monsters. As long as things were being yeah. done behind their backs, it was all actually enjoyable in the end because you were working with people who treated each other with respect. I believe that is one of the biggest issues. The, those guys don't respect each other and they don't respect anyone. Not good at all. Obviously, this is not good uh, to see from a game that is like so uplifting and so like happy and, and, and you know, emotional. Like, it's insane to me that the, the studio with the two essentially bigots at the top uh, can release a game that is so beautiful as Ori uh, 1 and 2, which it, it's just insane right now. And um, I think they're actually in a partnership with Private Division right now for their next game, which if you're Private Division, not not looking good for the, these reports coming out at all. Yeah. I don't... Sorry, God, bro. I was just going to say, it kind of goes back to what Gage was saying with Harry Potter, and I don't know how much, uh, how much uh, these two guys actually ha- had... Involvement in the creation of Ori. Obviously, they're the, the heads of the studio, so obviously they had some input. But it really is the people there that are working for them who are making this amazing game that we love so much. Mm-hmm. And like similar to the devs of Harry Potter, they they probably don't agree with what what uh, what's her name is saying. I don't, who cares? I don't even want to say her name. Whatever. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it really it is interesting. Is like if there if another studio were to be remade or these two were to leave and they are to continue the work of Ori, I'm sure we would still support them. But obviously, everybody make your own decision. If you don't want to support Moon Studios because of these two people, you're well within your rights to do so. But it's just interesting to to think, and I hope the de- developers behind Moon Studio are going to be okay because this is happening so often that it's just like. Like, who's next on the list, it, it feels like, uh, every week. Like, yeah, which is so upsetting. I saw, I saw this, and I was like, I can't believe... There's, I mean, I can't believe it, obviously. But it was like, <laughs> are we serious? Like, uh, more yeah. reports? Like, 2021 was a real wake-up call, I think, for me. Realizing that leadership across the industry is extremely toxic. Started, obviously, with, like, Activision, but, like, it is multiple reports. What feels like everywhere, and Rose mm-hmm. exactly right, like... Who else is next? I'm sure it's happening at uh, countless other studios. Why? Just stop it. How hard is it to be a decent person and like not be a dick at work? Not 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 be like this in general. Extremely frustrating. And I, I had a draft in my tweet that I probably should have tweeted. It was like just reboot the whole games industry, not the devs, but the leadership. <laughs> just, get the, just get them out, man. Gage, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, it's just unfortunate because it, it's tough because when you the lead 
the lead of a video game doesn't necessarily mean they've contributed the most. It just means that sometimes it can just mean that they've steered the ship. So, like, in the case of Ori, it's like, oh, man, how could these awful people make such a beautiful game? It's like, well, they may not have. They may have come up with the idea and sort of just told people, like, this is what the game wants to be. They didn't design Ori. They didn't design those beautiful backdrops. They didn't, you know what I mean? Like, Neil Druckmann is a fantastic game director. He didn't model all the characters. He didn't do the background. He didn't do the environments. He didn't do the animations. So it's not, to me, it's it's less surprising because it's like, yeah, any any asshole in the suit can tell people what to do. If the people are talented, the product will be te- will be good at the end of the day. So it's unfortunate that it's so common because that's just kind of how it works out. Like you can be, you can have a team full of just incredibly talented, hardworking developers who happen to work for an asshole, and that game's going to be great because the people working there are talented and know what they're doing. So. Yeah, I agree with Christian. Reboot. Yeah, I want Game Industry 2.0. This just, uh, yeah, because it seems like, and, and um, it's, it seems like it's 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 a problem that's everywhere in the industry. It just varies on the severity, right? Because even look at um the initiative and three four three, like we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. It's like there, it's not an isolated incident that management and developers, there is a just seems like intrinsic sort of battle between those two things between those two groups of people no matter what studio it is it just it seems like nowadays it just depends on how severe it is mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know it's it's really unfortunate to hear it's not surprising unfortunately i've kind of become desensitized to it but yeah i mean and again do we stop buying ori because man a lot those games are absolutely beautiful and a lot of you know talented people work on that so it's it's tough you know what i mean like i I don't know what the right answer is, but yeah, I would not be, I would, they, I would definitely not uh, feel any tears over these people getting replaced, if, especially if they're acquired by. Yeah, I would say at this point, I don't think we're gonna get another Ori game, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, also, like, if you're elite, if you're at the top and you're like, you know, starting the studio and you and you have this like grand vision and everything, if you want to do something a hundred percent yourself and not want to receive input from your entire team and all of that, then go make a game by yourself. And the right. greatest example of that is a game that came out last week, Tunic, because it was developed mainly by one person. He did get some people in like for sound and stuff like that that he's not an expert on, but like. He wanted to build a certain game and he went out and spent seven years building that game. So like that's I think that's important as well. Like if you guys want to, you know, have the end all be all, go make your own game by yourself. Don't right. bring in other people. Yeah. Um but yeah. This next story I think is gonna make Christian very excited. <laughs> uh sure even- about that? I don't know. I mean, you're going been... after you're going after me in the in the, in the private chat. I, I did. You're <laughs> right. Because, but no, uh, Haven Studios has joined the PlayStation first party studios as a, their original partnership was originally announced uh, as just a PlayStation five exclusive. They have now been acquired by PlayStation. Um, very interesting. They've also shown artwork for their first project, which looks beautiful. I mean, gorgeous. Like, the scenery in, in these uh, images is really cool. It's like a, almost like a modern uh, aesthetic, like, design built into, like, the scenery and, like, the environment. It almost reminded me of 
ironically perfect dark what you know the initiative was supposed to be working on because of that mm -hmm. mixture of like nature nature and like a more modern like industrial looking design i don't uh it's definitely it, it has that sci-fi-ish feel to it yes it, it looks good you were you were right dan i, I it, this does make me happy first of all just like growing growing the playstation team diversifying the portfolios is always exciting in general because it hasn't really been an, an FPS uh, exclusive on, on PlayStation in quite some time. Uh, and then the, even like other shooters, not, doesn't, not just first person, obviously. Like those studios are now defunct. But like this isn't super surprising. Yes, it was surprising that they got acquired, but like anything is just more exciting. Like they must have seen something visiting uh, Haven Studios and like seeing progress and updates and like yeah, this is fantastic. Like, let, let's buy in on this. Like, that alone, the from announcement from they're making a game for us and it's exclusive to we bought them because we want them happens so fast that, like, that alone really excites me. Um, and then also it's just another sign of PlayStation wanting to just expand, right? Just just be not just the third-person action-adventure kind of place for games, right? have more live service option. That's going to be very... I'm very curious to see what kind of game it is because I think it might be a live service game. Yeah. Right. If, if anything, the conversation is going to be interesting there. Like, do we need another live service game? Even if the, you know, FPS stuff is cool. My last thing I'll say is that at the very least, like, just getting different kinds of first-person shooters with interesting kind of takes is cool because the other one that I can think of is like Titanfall 2. That went down as one of the best FPS games ever made. So if, if Haven Studios can like take a percentage of, of that kind of interesting take on FPS, then we'll be in good hands. Yeah. Bro, bro, does this have you excited to, when you one day get your PS5, you can boot up this experience? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited just because, like, from Jade Raven, like, she was at Stadia not too long ago, and she was supposed to be making exclusive games for Stadia. And that, that didn't go so well. And now she's built her own studio and now she's, you know, at PlayStation. So that's a really that's really cool how where she was and where she where she is now. Obviously, she's a big uh, name in the industry, has a lot of history with making some really cool games. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what her studio brings to PlayStation. It being a live service game uh, is is maybe good or bad. <laughs> I love Destiny, but um, there hasn't been a huge there hasn't been such a great track record with those types of games. Um, but I'm hoping she's able, her studio is able to turn it around because, again, because of her history in the industry. So I'm sure they are in good hands over there. And yeah, the concept art looks great. So I'm excited to see more. Yeah, the concept art looks really good. And uh, I actually wasn't super uh, excited about this studio per se until this news broke where it's kind of like oh okay so playstation saw something um <laughs> they must have seen something in order to acquire the oh look at that there it is that is my favorite of the concept arts too that's awesome that you picked that one so fucking cool it looks so good yeah um so yeah no the the concept art looks really cool i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm not gonna hold my breath i'm gonna wait and see a little more it's, uh yeah i don't know i don't know about this one yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see <laughs> Indeed, we. That, will that's probably see. that's probably a good approach. Wait and see, but maybe interest is a little bit peaked. Yeah, 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 yeah. And good like, call. 
like you said, Christian, this is com this diversifies the PlayStation portfolio so much. It's it's fantastic to see that because that definitely fills fills a void in their portfolio. And of course, it's cheaper for them to invest in them now before they've released a proven product. And you know, right, if they're a great before it becomes team. a massive hit. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. And uh, was was Sony's last exclusive first party first person shooter Killzone? Just That's about to say, yeah. Holy <laughs> crap, man! It's been a long time. Yeah, see, I, I think the reason I'm waiting is because it's like similar to similar to films. Jade Raymond, like aside from Stadia, a lot of the big games she worked on, she was a producer. Which, like again, similar to film, like there's really hands-on producers that are influential, and there's some that aren't that are very like laid back and sort of just like providing funds and sort of that. So. This will be interesting to see how much of a creative knack she has because, yeah, being a producer for knack? Assassin's Creed 3. Knack? Knack 3. Being, yeah, being a producer for Assassin's Creed 3, it's like if she if she had a lot of, you know, design in, uh, input on that, then I would be very excited, but I don't know that for sure. Like, it's, it's tough to tell because Assassin's Creed 3 is my favorite of the Assassin's Creed. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm waiting to see. I am waiting to see more. And uh, yeah, I hope it's good. Assassin's Creed Three is not the best. Assassin's it is Creed the best. One. Not even the last close. good one. Not even close. Yes, uh, <laughs> I agree. Not even close. Although <laughs> I will say the multiplayer in Unity was fantastic. They needed. They should have done more of that. I don't know why they didn't. I do kind of want to play Unity. I think the parkour in Unity is that the, the one in France. Yes. Yes. The, the parkour, parkour looks awesome. so cool. Still looks so cool. Like to yeah. this day, still yeah. looks great. And the, yeah. the co-op missions were great. Like Gabe was saying fantastic yeah. it's so i can't believe they never did that again it was so cool to be fighting <laughs> off like three guards and then your buddy jumps from the rooftop and takes one of the like it's so cool we gotta play that dan i know we both have it installed we gotta play that soon <laughs> agreed all right guys the final news story of the week dr strange and the prowler are in chapter three season two of Fortnite, and of course normally this wouldn't be in the news so <laughs> that's not really the the big news that was just kind of no thrown build in mode for nine days <laughs> yeah Wait, yes. before we before we jump into the next thing because yeah. the next thing is actually important uh yep. <laughs> can i i want i want to jump in here i've jumped back into Fortnite. i downloaded <gasps> it and play oh shit i need to put that in what you got for me um so <laughs> i downloaded so um I bought a brand new TV. Brought a Samsung 4K HDR QLED, and it is gorgeous. And I immediately started deleting games on my Xbox that were not Series X and S enhanced, and started filtering by that. And I was like, let's let's just test it out. Let's do it. I was like, you know what? As much as I'm not a fan of the gameplay, Fortnite is a gorgeous game. Let's download that. Let's jump into it. And lo and behold, gentlemen, they're having an in-game event right now where there's no building. It's only battling, which is my biggest problem with the game is the building because I go to fight somebody. <laughs> I'm trying to what? fight someone and they're like, let me one second. Let's not fight. Instead, let me build a three bedroom bungalow. And 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 no, I hate it. So I've actually been enjoying Fortnite <laughs> since they've gotten rid of building. Yeah. I think it's back in now. But why is Dan shaking his head? Because he is likes building the he best. The best and no, most unique the... part of Fortnite is oh, the building. Right. No, it's not. Nobody wants to play against sweats in that game, dude. Oh, yeah, that is fun for no one except the sweats. Yeah. What are you? <laughs> you what are you like building on your PC? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's on my Xbox controller. I don't even play on PC, Christian. Even worse. Yeah. I 
I don't like the building in Fortnite either, but I do agree that it is the most unique thing about Fortnite, and I and and that's why it. it I think it, that's why it makes it different. And if it was just shooting, that it'd just be another battle royale game. Sure. That being said, there should be a, a mode separate that allows you to not build all the time, so I would be able to yes. play it more. <laughs> because it just being nine days is like not a good idea. Well, not that it's not a good idea. Out, right? Exactly. Yeah. They're Apparently probably just they got... out to see if people want to play this or not. But yeah. Right. Apparently they they have. Uh, I, I saw on Twitter. I don't know. I didn't need to fact check it, but apparently they had quote record number engagements uh this past week with the building turned off so if that's yeah. true it's almost certainly well um gonna come back in some way to be fair that also oh. coincided with the new season starting so i don't know that that's necessarily indicative i'm not saying it's not completely but like they also get big boosts I'm i don't sure think of. everybody's jumping in for dr strange and yeah, power alone yeah. yeah i think i think yeah the building yeah. thing definitely was the the highlight i think Remember when people used to premiere movie trailers in Fortnite? Yeah. Like 10 odd. <laughs> Did that? No, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Because the Ru- yeah, no one bought in. The Russo brothers loved video games, so they had like oh uh, Infinity War and game stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. You're right. Trailers in that, yeah. The I thought that was like a weird fever dream. The Thanos <laughs> game uh, mode or whatever was actually super fun. That was back when I was playing the uh, the heck out of Fortnite. So. Yeah, it was fun playing as Thanos. Yeah, some good ones. I will, I will admit as well. I probably would have would would have kept it installed if uh, my progress didn't all lose. But no, no. But the second part of the story, guys. More importantly, Epic Games announced that both themselves and Xbox are donating a hundred percent of the Fortnite proceeds from March twentieth to April third to humanitarian relief for people affected by the war in Ukraine. I I thought this was really, really cool. Um, And also, the fact that this ties in directly to the start of the new... to the new season is like huge yeah. because you get the new battle pass and literally that's what all the people playing the game are doing they're buying the battle pass as soon as the new season comes out so like the fact that they're doing this like the first couple weeks of this new season that's that's crazy to me uh and really cool that xbox is joining them on and doing that as well um they they could have said 50%. I would have been like, this is awesome. Yeah. 100% for two weeks? Absolutely stunning. Insane. Like That is a precedent. Yeah. And just for the first two days, they raised $36 million. So the fact that they have, <laughs> they have uh, like, what, 12 more days to go still? Yeah, that's, that's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And that, that $36 million just tells you how much money Fortnite still makes yeah. now. Like, that's yeah. mine. If they weren't <laughs> donating it, that's just theirs. You know? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yep. Yeah. Fuck, it's so much money. <laughs> I guess I guess that's why Epic Games bought a, a giant shopping plaza in like hundreds of acres of <laughs> land to build their new studio because they're making literally millions a day. Yeah. Nope. But anyways. Oh, okay. I'll say one last thing. Yes. Not. <laughs> now it, this is epic. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please move on to the next. All right. (laughs) Moving into our quick fantasy critic check in, as we alluded to before. Uh, Dan is DTM, is in first still with 70. (laughs) (laughs) With 70.84 points. Uh, Of course, that's with five games released. 
Uh, I don't think it's completely, uh, it's not checking in with the games that just came out because I think they wait like a few days until the, the reviews are finalized or whatever. Um, Christian, second place with 55 points, but that's only with three games. So Christian doing very well in terms of points mm-hmm. per, per game there. And Rose in third with 8.27 points. Gilbert Biggins, Gage, zero points, but they are still, you, you, you've got, you know, you've got a lot. Of I've games. got my seven points on hold. They're coming. Yes, they're coming. <laughs> they're coming. Uh, I did put in some bids for this week. I'll, I'll say oh. this. Normally, I don't like. To, I normally I don't like to vocalize it, but yeah, I did put in some bids for this week because oh. I realized that Dan did have a lot, um, and I don't. I don't have a lot, and I need to fill up some games for the end of the year. Already a third of the way, so I figured, you know, what's another three games? Yeah. Maybe I'll have to investigate the list again after the show. See what Dan. I need I need to do something unorthodox. You're gonna you're gonna hate this. What? You're gonna absolutely hate this. But it's for a good cause. I need I need to I need to plug something in the show. Okay. This should have gone in the news section. Okay. I just wanna I wanna say to everyone, especially so this is for the PC uh PC gang. PC gang rise up. If you go to Humble Bundle right now, they're having a uh stand with Ukraine bundle. Oh that's right. um so Humble Bundle is this awesome website if you don't know and um they partner with game publishers and they they do these bundles where you pay X amount of dollars and you get a ridiculous amount of games. Um, and uh, that 100% of that goes to whatever charity. So for this, it's for Ukraine. So it's $51 Canadian, which I think would be around $43 American. Let's say $45. $45 American. You get 80 games. And I'm going to read you... Uh, I'm just going to read you five of them. You get Satisfactory. You get Back for Blood, which is still full price. You get Metro Exodus, you get Spiral Reignited Trilogy, Max Payne 3, Quantum Break, Fable Anniversary, Sunset Overdrive, This War of Mine, um, and The Long Dark, Slay the Spire, and 74 other games for $45. 100% of the proceeds goes to the Ukraine humanitarian relief efforts. Just wanted to shout that out there before I forgot, because I bought that, and uh, it's not only is it a great deal for you, but you're you're supporting a good cause. So just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, the offer ends in uh, a day and a half, so you have until then to to fill up your Steam library if you so desire. But it's an incredible deal, and like I said, it goes to a good cause. So just wanted to throw that out there before I forgot. Well, I guess at the end of the day, just become humbled and go- and become Get epic. Out. Get out. Get out. At least she tried, right, I bro? <laughs> Goodness. All right. Anyways, <laughs> what you got for me, Ro? What you got? Don't got much, Dan. As I was alluding to earlier with this Nintendo talk, I have only played Destiny for about an hour, and that was today before the show. Yeah. And <laughs> that was it. Uh, I had a good time, though. I did one of the seasonal activities, got a little bit further in the story. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's all I had a chance to play this week, unfortunately. Kirby is around the corner, though, so very excited for that. Hopefully I will have time to play that game, at least, when it comes out on Friday. If I do your homework, will you play more games? Yes, of course. <laughs> Are you? Can you? Can you animate? He didn't say he would do it well with the though, row. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. God damn! God damn! <laughs> but yes, I would. Christian, what you got for me? Yes, I have some news plus ratio. I don't know why I wrote plus ratio, but I do. I do have some news again this week. Uh, I'm working on some some something very cool that's embargoed right now, but like Ooh. that'll yeah, uh, very exciting. 
but that'll be on the lookout soon. I also have another video that I finally finalized. It should be up tomorrow. Um, keep that. Any hints on what that what it's about? Yeah, it's actually a, a more fun, shorter video about like twenty twenty one movies. Ooh, so okay, if you're cool. if you're all curious like about the Oscars and about some of the best movies, you know, peep that video. It's about less than twenty minutes. Um, that's tomorrow, and then of course, uh, Elden Ring. I I want to read you my tweet. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm gonna pull my tweet up. I saw Dan liked it, but this deserves to be said again. I've never said it out loud. You guys ready? Yes. Yes. We're ready. 101 hours. And seven minutes. I want to be precise. <laughs> 586 deaths. And 25 pages of notes later. Yes, I have beaten Elden Ring. Uh, still, still, yes, very much game of the year. And I will go so far as to say that I think Elden Ring really changed the way I think about masterpieces. Because there, I do still have critiques about it. But it's it is still a masterpiece nonetheless. Yeah, I love that game. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I posted a video on one of the, the fights that is insane. If I can talk about it for like two minutes. Please. Damn, sure. will you let me? Yeah, go for okay. it. <laughs> one of these fights is insanely broken. I died to this boss almost two hundred times. This is the most it is the hardest from software boss I've ever fa- faced. Which is a shame because that boss is almost like perfect. It's so cool. The stylized fight is awesome. The way the boss is designed, amazing. She has these two moves that are like unavoidable. If you get caught, it's death. And the gimmick, if if you guys don't mind spoilers, is that when one of the gimmicks is that when she hits you, she takes health back. Back. That's fine, but she takes too much health back. And moreover, if you block, she takes health back. So she just gets health. <laughs> it's back like, what am I supposed time. to do? <laughs> and if you get caught in one of the two unavoidable attacks, that run is over. Phase two, even worse than phase one. That was just I'm just talking about phase one. So it it ends up being this like completely RNG fight. Then from software nerfed all the stuff that players were using to like beat this broken boss. And so the <laughs> this by the way, this whole area totally optional. I didn't have to do this, but like I wanted to. <laughs> I finally did it, but I had to have one person come in and then another person come in. So it was three of us fighting one, one boss. Spent two hours. Still could not get it. We said one last try, right? And luckily on this final try, the game glitched and her phase two started with, with one attack, <laughs> like one like, tiny health bar. And I was like, yes, I did it. I, I, don't even, I don't even care. This to me is an absolute win. Anyway, Elden Ring, flawed masterpiece. Thank you. Damn. It's it's amazing that it had to take it was a glitch that allowed you to to get through. I don't even care. I'll yeah, take, wins a win from software. And also, almost two hundred deaths. There's most games you won't even hit that number at all. Let alone just one boss is almost two hundred deaths. That's <laughs> the, crazy. The final boss in Sekiro, which is um, the most before Elden Ring, it was their last game. Um, that boss was the hardest boss I've ever fought. And that one only took about 69 tries. Ah, this nice. one was like, it was, nice. was on another level. I, it was insane. Yeah, you, you should not feel bad about beating it because of a glitch, Christian, because I beat Lasso on Halo Infinite because of a Easter egg slash glitch. I don't know what you would call it, the tank gun. But yeah, don't feel bad mm. for it. And you also confirmed... You also confirmed with your what you got for me that I will never play Elden Ring. <laughs> I I came so close to raging, dude. I, I legit one one time like held my controller like probably too tight, and I was like, "This isn't safe. This isn't healthy for me to do right now." And then I kept playing because I, I needed to beat this boss. I did it though. All right. Gabe. Oh, and my apology. What? Oh, 
I've got a I've got a masterpiece. Oh. <laughs> that was it. it. That's it. <laughs> I, I, I need to apologize to Gage. Sounds like Gage needs to apologize to all of us now. What the hell? Know. Please continue. <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about Bioshock, right? Oh, right. I, got all, I got all hot and heavy, and I was like, dude, like, this game sucks. It's, it's not good. I should apologize to, to you and Dan. You know what? Like, Bioshock is fine. You know, it's got its issues, right? For me. But like, you know what? Maybe I spoke too soon. If you're enjoying Bioshock, I'm happy you are. So I apologize for being pretentious about it. You know what I mean? Not pretentious, but you know what I mean. I accept your apology. Sick. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Gage. What you got for me? More Bioshock? Not, no, actually, unfortunately. Um, so the reason, I don't know if the audience knows, the reason I wasn't on the podcast last week is because my internet was down for a week and a half because Bell decided to uh, shut it off a week and a half early. And then, and then after acknowledging that they did, in fact, shut it off too early, said, well, the uh, only way we can get it turned on is if you pay a service fee to start up the service again. Like, well... Right. <laughs> yeah so that was lovely don't get bell if you live in canada it's awful um so i hadn't been playing much of anything because i tried to boot up steam and i don't know if there's a setting that i have set somewhere but normally you can play offline mode but every game i booted up it was like hey if you play we might accidentally delete all your save data so you can play at your own risk and i was like okay i guess i'm not playing anything and I'm sharing my Xbox account with Glenn, so a lot of the games that I own, I actually can't play when it's offline. It was a whole thing. I didn't play anything last week. So, did not play Bioshock, even though I'm going to work on that. Like I said, got my brand new swanky TV, so I have been playing like an hour of like 40 different games trying out the TV. Um, so I judge on the tunic. Absolutely gorgeous. Super relaxing. Very... Just a very chill game. I like it. It's like... It's like Hades if it wasn't stressful at all and just, just sort of chill. <laughs> um, yeah, very beautiful art style. Really, really cool. Um, I actually... Uh, so again, sorting games by 4K, seeing what's going to look pretty. I downloaded Anthem and Ooh. booted that up again because I was like, you know what? I remember the game being beautiful and uh, it is, in fact, beautiful. And uh, unfortunately... Yeah, there... Man, I mean, we've talked about Anthem. We don't need to talk about Anthem again. But, so man, sad about that game. That and <laughs> I've said that I, I know Ro knows this about the me, and I think Dan and I have talked about it quite a bit when we play video games. But like my kryptonite is character customization, and oh man, the javelin customization and Anthem is so good. It's so so ridiculously good. It makes me upset that this game uh, didn't have legs. Because uh... go ahead, Christian. There are there are two game trailers that I constantly think about. Because the promise of that game looked so freaking cool, and then the final product just didn't deliver. Oh, one is the division. Yes, I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's always oh, a Ubisoft man. game. Watch Dogs yeah. for me, but yeah, dude, <laughs> watch is a great one. But the other, the other one is Anthem. Like that game looked so cool when that was first shown. Are you kidding me? Man, the original concept for the division, that game would have been fucking incredible if they actually went with what it originally yeah. was. Um, and then the last one is Fortnite. I played a couple. I, I actually played quite a bit with Dan. Uh, Dan and I were playing with oh. a couple of mutual friends, and we got Victory Royale after Victory Royale, baby, because these kids can't hide from me. There's no three. 
no no two-story uh four bedroom three baths to hide from me kids <laughs> so it was great i had a great time yeah all right daniel what okay. you got for me uh <laughs> i'll just add on to your fortnite comments uh i think the the new updates that they've added to fortnite is is really cool uh like they've added clambering which i thought was really cool um it just seems like it's a a little bit more polished being able to climb things i think that's kind of super cool. sprint right they added mm-hmm. that weird like call yes. of duty modern warfare-esque like super sprint which is weird when well, i fr- they had to right because if there's no climbing you get, need a way to like yes get up stuff right? that's true you know, that's true stuff. yeah, yeah. And yeah, the sprint thing, I, when I was first put into the session, I pressed sprint and then I was like, what the heck? This is like a weird, this is different. And I'm just like, all right, but it's a, it's an extra sprint essentially. So it's kind of neat. Um, but anyways, I ran like the gambit of games this week. Glenn had, I think had me play like four different games with him. So <laughs> I don't even remember everything I played. Uh, but the two that I wanted to focus on VR, first off, I played some more Oculus and I didn't buy anything new. I was just playing more of the same stuff, rec room and, uh, and the such, but it's it's just so much fun. Every time I freaking play it, I forget about how much fun it is just to play it. Like, man, yes, let's hop into some VR games, man. Like that gorilla tag or like, I don't know. What is the other one? Chat room? No, no, no. Gorilla VR tag? Chat? Wait, wait. What's <laughs> yeah. gorilla tag? You don't know about gorilla tag? It's I have no free. idea. <laughs> and you like parkour as a gorilla around, uh, you know, an environment, and you play tag. It's great. That what? sounds incredible. Yeah, we gotta play that. <laughs> we need to we need to find those uh those TikTok videos and send that to these guys because they're so the funny. They are so funny. Oh Echo Arena is free. We could play that together. And then the other game that's free. Like the, what is the other? The, like the, the weird one, you know, with everyone's like wearing different skins. VR is chat. it VR chat? VR chat. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Let's talk to buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Hit me up. Hit me up, Christian. We'll play some. Yeah. Uh, but and I got also... VR too, but I'll just say that. It's fine. Gage. <laughs> Gage, you can join as well. No, I said I didn't want to. But also, <laughs> you can join the damn kid. No, uh, also, I've been playing Tunic, and I played about an hour and a half of it, which isn't a lot, I know, but like I'm really enjoying like the world. It is so pretty, and uh, obviously, a lot of people compared it to like a Dark Souls like. You know, it's a difficult Woo! game, but however, the difference is this game has fantastic accessibility settings, Christian. So. I I was playing the heck no I wasn't I, I, I was I was just talking never Christian mind. worked on dogs on uh, no, no 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 I I mean I just mean it because you're a big you know, know, know. from soft fan yeah. and but anyways uh, they have a great accessibility mode where you can turn it on and you can't die yes which I love that because like I was already getting frustrated about forty five minutes in or so I encountered like this big dude that like just destroyed me and i'm sure i'm not supposed to be there at this time and i'm supposed to get better or whatever but i'm just like nope turning this on and you're dead i i just enjoy it so much more that way and like i just think the world in that game is so cool and the art style and everything it's oh it's so good i i downloaded tunic and i'm super excited to get to it in the next few days because i'm finishing up some projects um but like i have such a weird like what is, the, what is the phrase I'm looking for? I don't know. Like, the way the games industry kind of handled discourse around um, vagueness and obscurity between Elden Ring and Tunic is just has been so weird to me. 
Uh, but again, I, I'm still super looking forward to Tunic, and I'm happy to hear that both of you guys seem to be enjoying it. So, cool stuff. Yes, absolutely. And let's move into the topic of the show, guys. CD Projekt Red has officially confirmed a new Witcher game is in development and will use Unreal Engine 5 instead of their proprietary Red Engine that was used in Cyberpunk and previous Witcher games. The new game will kick off a new saga for the franchise, and they are working very closely with Epic on Unreal Engine. So, obviously, they're they're learning some things from Unreal. Uh, unreal from the people who created themselves so that's very good news especially since their engine caused many of their issues with cyberpunk and uh others yeah. but um i wanted to ask you guys do do you guys think that their switch to unreal engine 5 uh, is going to avoid some of those development issues that they had with cyberpunk uh does that you know does that switch make it easier for them uh are you are you guys personally excited for this game like uh obviously there's a ton of issues with cyberpunk and what happened with that launch and kind of the crunch culture there uh which we'll talk about here in a, a few minutes and with that specifically but um are you guys excited for this and like what are your thoughts who wants to go first go first i am incredibly excited that they're getting rid of red engine and moving to unreal 5 because I get it. Uh, when you're a huge company, licensing fees can be huge, right? Obviously, Epic did this really cool thing where if you make, if you are an ind independent developer or um, an independent team and you make under a million dollars revenue, you can download Unreal Engine 4 for free. Super cool. Awesome for them to do that. If you're a massive company, licensing fees, it's way more expensive, right? You're talking about the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to license that. So... I understand that a lot of companies want to avoid that and use their own proprietary engine, but time and time again, we see that it does not work. EA trying to make every game use Frostbite doesn't work. Uh, Bethesda, you know, using, uh, um, oh, fuck, uh, what is it, Creation Engine, hmm. over and over again when that game, like, like Fallout 4 is a fun game, but like when you compare it to other games that released that year, not up to par, right? And that's that's what actually my biggest concern with Starfield is is how I guess how well they've made cre Creation Engine two. So yeah, I, I think I think as much as I love The Witcher three and and from what I've seen of Cyberpunk that the Red Engine just wasn't I don't think it's up to par, especially if they're trying to be so modular and and so like um, ambitious with the scope of their game. You need something that is sort of has its own people working on it like epic is constantly improving and and making adding features to unreal engine 5 so if you're mm -hmm. if you're a developer that's one less thing to worry about and you have this sort of polished product uh available to you to use i think that i think that that will lead to a better uh finished product uh that they're working on and I, it, it does it does make me more excited for the Witcher 4 because it's probably gonna look gorgeous and uh hopefully it'll be a lot less buggy and there'll be a lot less of uh kinks on the back end and that sort of thing my only worry, um, just to get at Dan's question, is how well the team will adjust to workflow over on the new engine. Just because uh, right. who knows how long they've been working on Red Engine, right? And you know, switching over to something else like may or may not produce some kinds of problems internally that you know, sure, will avoid like bugs and overall polish. But like, how how is the team going to adjust? But if they're given time, right? Like, if they're given the time to to make a proper like Witcher Four game or if they even do call it Witcher 4, you know, the the fourth installment or whatever, you know, fourth Witcher game. 
then I'm sure it'll be fine. And like Unreal Engine is is I'm thinking of a different engine. Like I, I feel like of the of the bigger engines, like there are Unreal is one of the ones that people are probably more familiar with. Like yeah. it is very right? user intuitive. Yeah, it's very yeah. easy to use. Yeah. So it should be fine. Am I excited? Absolutely. Like with with Red Engine, sure, like there was problems with Witcher three, but to me, I, I never really focused on them because the writing was so good that you know any kind of like bugs and stuff, like be like, okay, this is you know whatever. If anything big happens, you know, I'll reload the game. It's, it's no big deal because I'm so enthralled with the story. So right. to see like if if they can bring that writing team, and I know they will, to another Witcher game and, and have it be like looking and running fantastic with Unreal Engine, then it should be a great game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm not super excited. That's just because I didn't uh beat The Witcher 3 and it just didn't catch me like I know so many pe- no I know how it did so many people. I just never gave it the the full chance that I guess maybe it deserved, but it just did never uh never stuck with me. I tried 3 times to to get past <laughs> like I got farther each time, but I never just it never completed clicked. it. Never okay. clicked, yeah. Yeah. But um I'm I am interested to see what this new saga for The Witcher is. Um, for whatever they show off, I'm definitely going to be looking out for it. I, I definitely want to. I want to enjoy it. It's just just never clicks with me. Um, it being an Unreal Engine five is cool. I saw those cool uh, demos that they did earlier this week. I don't remember the actress's name, but they did like a cool demo earlier this week, and it looked r- like real life. <laughs> so. I'm excited to see what they do with uh, The Witcher, which is already a, a pretty game. And, and so was Cyberpunk. It, like what Christian was saying, like time is really the only thing that prevents these developers from not putting out something as amazing as they can. Because Cyberpunk, how it is now, even when it released, it was still a pretty game. But if they were given the, amount of, the right amount of time, no matter the engine, I think they could still develop something that works, that looks pretty all that stuff. So it's just as a matter of the, the higher-ups giving the developers the uh, a good amount of time to create something that works. Um, so, yeah. Cyberpunk just had that big update, and they added like that. It is almost like game changing at that point. Yeah. With that huge update, like things, systems run so much differently in that game now. Like that is closer to the promise of what Cyberpunk should have been. Like, and it just needed to be pushed out another year. So, yeah, absolutely. And like you, sorry, go ahead, Christian. No, go ahead, and I'll ask after. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. It's <laughs> uh, an aside. All right. Uh. I, I'm just thinking, like, I agree with you guys. Like, theoretically, they should have a wider amount of devs that are familiar and comfortable with Unreal Engine 5. So hopefully the switch to Unreal Engine 5 just makes, you know, the, the entire development process go a little smoother for them and um, find bug fixes easier and everything, everything that goes along with that. The only thing I will say, like, and not to say that this would happen, but, like, it is something to think about, like, one of the things I always think about in terms of Halo, for instance, like will switching engines make them lose that magic? Like that's what I always worried about with Halo was like if they switch mm-hmm. to another engine, like for instance, Unreal Engine 5, will it still have that same Halo feel? So like will The Witcher still feel like The Witcher, if that makes sense? Because like mm-hmm. every game doesn't feel the same. Every game has its own like nuance to it. And part of that comes with the gameplay. Part of it comes from, you know, the environments and, and the tools you're using and everything else. But like I I think that may be something that they can overcome I, or can, they absolutely yeah. can overcome. It's just can they recapture that magic, I guess, with this new engine? My counterpoint right. to that is 
Call of Duty's engine change from the old one to then what was the you know now the Modern Warfare engine, and like how that still felt like a Call of Duty proper even though it is a brand new engine. So right. the hope, and yeah, just... I would say the hope is there. For sure, and, and but then that, and I think that's the best case scenario, and that's actually a really good point, Christian. Is that this is what happens when you do? This is like the the best case scenario of when you do switch engines. Is that you do you do still have that look and feel, but it feels so much better. Like it feels like it like it's called. It absolutely feels like Call of Duty, but it feels better than what it was. It feels mm-hmm. so much better, and uh, that's what I'm hoping for because. Like you said, like you personally were able to look the bugs, like, and that's all the power to you. But like, Cyberpunk obviously launched disastrously, and and The Witcher Three did launch with tons of bugs, and it was like I I think it's not necessary for every studio to switch engines, but when you do have you know when there's a track record of having issues, like obviously they decided this themselves. They decided they were moving to Unreal Engine Five, and they obviously had a reason for that and i think that it's just because red engine maybe wasn't as optimized as they'd like it to be or it's not as modular as they need it to be um but we've the thing that's exciting for me is that we've all seen demos of unreal engine 5 and what it can look like so i'm totally ready to be excited for the witcher again i should i should clarify too like Correct me if I'm wrong, but The Witcher Three, it it had a lot of bugs for sure, but like none of them were ever game breaking to the extent of like how Cyberpunk was almost not to the extent, right? no. Like, but there, but there was plenty. There was there was a lot of small bugs. Like it was definitely noticeable, but no, it was it was absolutely nowhere yeah. near like yeah. broken. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Question for the gang. Yes. Because new saga has implications, right? May or may not have implications. Hmm. Probably not a Geralt game. Which I think is good. Um, who's played Who's played Witcher? Just everyone but Row. Everyone but Row. <laughs> okay. What are, What are, What do you think are the odds here that it's a game about Siri? Seems like a lot of people want Siri. Right? And I would be so down for that. I'd yeah. be so down for. Yeah, Siri's a great character. I, I would play love... Witcher, and I would like a Siri game. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I kind of feel about The Witcher Four how I feel about the hypothetical Red Dead Three. I I don't care who the main character is. I just don't want it to be someone. I don't want it to be someone where we know how the story ends. Like if it's if it's uh someone we already know, like Siri, I don't want it to be a prequel. I would love it for to be Siri and to take place after in like sort of uh where Absolutely. we don't where there's still some sort of yeah where you don't know what's gonna happen because obviously just to jump just to sidebar real quickly with Red Dead 3 people were like oh it should be like Dutch and Hosea when they're younger and I'm like no I don't want another prequel like I want something where I don't know what's going to happen so yeah I would absolutely love it to be Siri and I would love for it to take place you know um ahead of the books ahead of the the games where it's like everybody's like coming into it with sort of a fresh perspective not knowing what's going to happen um but I would also be fine with like just anyone in that world because that universe is so unique but i'm down for a series game absolutely that that part of witcher 3 was awesome when you're such a realized and like just very nuanced and three-dimensional character um which mm. is uh yeah i, I would love series game she makes Geralt more interesting yes she compliments yeah. it's so it's so rare uh the last of us is the only other game that i can think of like this where when you're playing as one character and then it switches you to another, it's so rare to have them not only feel fun to play, but to complement the original character and add to the original character. And Siri absolutely did that. 
we're big um, Siri fans here at podcast. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Witcher three novice or Witcher novice in general, um, the Lynx uh, necklace that's t- mm-hmm. in the snow here. Gerald has like a different one, right? It's like a, a wolf. Right. Yeah, this looks to be like some sort of cat one. Yeah. It's... Does this give you guys any hints as to what the game is about, or is it just like super, super cheesy? Have no if idea. I, if I remember, right, lynxes are attached to like their schools, right? To the, the the Witcher schools. Yeah, the cat school. Yeah. They they did actually announce that this um this emblem in the snow here is a new one. So it's uh it's a completely brand new one that we didn't see in the original trilogy. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, yeah. That's so that could one. be our first hint that it's a that it's a yeah. new character, that it's not anyone we know. Because right, um, if it's a new school, then that would mean theoretically it's new witchers, it's new mentors, and all that stuff. Or, or again, very slim chance it could be Siri finding this this, uh, this yeah. group of witchers, right, and and being trained by them. Because I always thought that yeah, the, everything about the school of the cat and that sort of fight style in the lore is totally like kind of fits with Siri, so that would be cool but um yeah okay i thought i thought it was the cat emblem i didn't know that it's a new school that's kind of cool yes i i won't replay witcher because it's a long game i really want to <laughs> yeah. now. and i still have never played the dlcs and i i think if i remember right they, there are rumors or scuttlebutt around like a witcher not remake but like a remaster coming to consoles right uh they're making a a series xs like they're making a next gen enhanced version of witcher 3 yeah yeah. yeah, of Witcher Three. Yeah, it hasn't come out yet, but it'll be. I'm guessing 4K HDR, 60 frames, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, you, you won't do it, Christian. I, I, don't don't even download it because I do this all the time. I get I get talking about The Witcher Three and I get excited and I get 30 minutes into it and I'm like, fuck, I'm 0.5 percent of the of the way through. <laughs> I'm not playing this game. Again. I'm, no, I'm I'm playing the DLC. I'm just not gonna replay the main. Okay, the main yeah, story. yeah. I can I can right. re-download my save on my my console, my PlayStation, like at any time. I I have it. So, yeah. well, what's awesome that they did too is that uh, with their DLC, you can. Uh, I I only played one of them, but I'm assuming it's the same for the second one. Is that it lets you create like it just generates a, a save for you so that you start the DLC at whatever level you need to be, and you can play just the DLC. Which oh, is that's really nice. Cool. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Yeah. So you can if. If you wanted to re-download that, you can literally just jump into the DLC without having to replay the game, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the backs of this, guys, the Gwent director, so Gwent's the card game that is in inside of Witcher, uh, which became its own thing uh, that they released separately. Uh, so the director of that standalone game, Jason Slama, I hope that's pronounced correctly, uh, has been brought on to lead development for the next Witcher game and says Crunch will not be allowed on his watch for the project. Um, So he had an interesting quote in here. Uh, He, of course, is referring to having to work long hours and extra days in order to finish a game on time. Uh, That's what Crunch is entitling or entailing. And uh, obviously, Cyberpunk 2077 had mandatory crunch, essentially, um, which isn't great. 
Um, but he's quoted as saying, and again, in an environment where I achieved my ultimate goal of saying, hey, look, you can make a high quality CCG without murdering the people who work on it with whips and chains, <laughs> especially considering all the controversies that happened with Crunch and everything. The fact that we managed to achieve all of that with really awesome working conditions and people thanking me for the support and what they taught me, it's a very humbling but also inspiring moment and day for me. So... Uh, obviously this should entail good news for the project and hopefully makes uh, better working conditions for uh, CD Projekt Red for this game. Uh, hopefully it'll continue and, and that'll, you know, that'll happen. Hopefully the upper management gives them the time they need, like we talked about a little bit ago, Ro mentioned. Uh, like they just need to be given the time that they need to make sure the game is done. Don't release it before it's done. Um, but does this uh, indication of Jason Slama uh, taking over as the lead on this, does that give us a little bit of confidence uh, in, you know, them keeping their word in, in that uh, side of things? And, like, do you guys think that the management will give them the time they need to, to release the completed game? Like, are we going to get the completed game? Uh, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I think either way, they're going to they have to take their time with it because... Yeah. They have to get fans back after the backs of Cyberpunk because they, for sure, Witcher's a beloved franchise. Cyberpunk bombed, you know, quote unquote. Nobody wants to see a bad Witcher game. Like that would lose so much confidence in CD Projekt Red, like more than they already had with. with they can't afford it. Yeah, they can't afford. Yeah, perfect way to say it. Yeah. So yeah, and just having a positive work, work culture, I think, will do so much to kind of change like kind of mentality around CD Projekt. So. Everyone loves to see that, so I, th I think that's a gr great first step. If they can maintain that for probably the next four or five years, I think I think they'll be onto something like pretty special. So, yeah. you know what? We skipped over this at the beginning of this story, but let's not forget that this this announcement is exactly the same as Mass Effect will continue. This is totally like a. Um, uh, saving face because of cyberpunk uh, we kind of glossed over that and i just did want to throw that out there because I, I like to try and be consistent and i gave bioware shit for the whole oh mass effect will continue it's like why are you even mentioning it now this is the same thing this game is this game is like 2027 2026 probably like at the absolute earliest so it is it is totally just sort of like a uh let's stop talking about cyberpunk and uh, here's the witcher the witcher's coming back um in terms of does this do anything for me with this with this guy coming back to lead? I never played Gwent, so uh, no, it doesn't really particularly do anything for me. But um, the no no mandatory crunch is cool. I saw a lot of people on Twitter being dumb as as people do, and saying that uh, you know not allowing your employees to crunch is a bad thing. And it's like, listen, mandatory crunch is always a bad thing. Crunch inherently isn't a bad thing. I mean, I know. All four of us here, we all have our own individual YouTube channels, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who's stayed up for, like, you know, six, seven hours editing, and you're in the zone, and you're feeling good, and you're like, hell yeah, I'm on a, you know, I'm, I'm on a spree, this is good. So crunch inherently isn't bad. The problem is, is when it's mandatory or expected crunch. That's not ever positive, because you're sort of, I mean, it's the opposite of what natural crunch is, where you're sort of, like, losing track of time because you're so in it, so... I just wanted to point that out there too, where some people were like, oh, you're not allowing your employees to give it their all. Like, no, he's just saying that he's not going to force people to miss their family and, uh, and you know, uh, yeah. having life outside of the office. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no mandatory crunches is always a good thing to me. So that that part's exciting. Um, it's all it's very nice for the lead uh, designer or developer or however you want to frame it to say these things. But like Christian mentioned earlier, we're gonna have to wait and see whether or not the suits actually give him that because he can say no mandatory crunch on his watch all he wants. But if they if the if they you know if the suits walk into the room and say, hey, this game needs to come out next fall then his oh. that's when it becomes that's when it becomes tough because then it's like either you know he leaves and he leaves the game or so yeah hopefully like christian said they are given the time they need to finish this because uh no mandatory crunch sounds awesome and i want the next witcher game to be good i want cd project red to co- to go back to their pre-cyberpunk reputation of being one of the best rpg developers in the industry heck yeah Okay, for, I, have some, I have something else to add if Pro doesn't have anything. I, I just wanted to say when Gage was talking about uh, Mass Effect, I was totally thinking about Bioware before uh, when you brought up the story. Like They're in a very similar situation where they have to <laughs> do good with right. this one, where Bioware has to make sure that Dragon Age and Mass Effect is good off mm-hmm. of the backs of uh, Andromeda and uh, Anthem. Anthem. So yeah, Cyber, uh, CD Project Guide is in definitely a very similar situation. So it's good that the lead is at least coming out and saying like, "Hey, we're gonna do try and do better this time." And will the management give them time to complete the game? They better if they don't another <laughs> cyberpunk situation on their hands, which I'm sure they don't. So yeah, it, it it I don't know if it gives me confidence, but it is a good sign that they're getting ahead of it and saying like, "We don't want to repeat our mistakes again." So that's <laughs> that's good at least. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Bless you. Yeah, so I don't want to. Oh, sorry, Christian goes. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I I was just gonna say, like, I don't know if this is a. This is my personal thoughts, but I don't know if this is exactly the Mass Effect situation, just because like the timing of it, because like obviously Cyberpunk is in the best place that it's been ever right now. So like, obviously there's not as ba- as much bad uh, blood right now with it. So like. If they had announced this like, you know, a year and a half ago when Cyberpunk first came out and it was just another disaster, I think I would have tended to agree with you guys. Like this is like them just covering their tracks essentially. I think this is just an example of them announcing shit too soon because like Cyberpunk itself was announced like what nine years ago or something crazy. Oh my, yeah. I mean, it's with a CG trailer. It was just stupid. Like, why do you announce things that far in advance? Like they, sh- they need to just investors. Wait. That's why that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I feel like they just need to pump the brakes. Like let's just wait until we have something substantial and then show us something cool. Um, but I hope this is good uh, for the future of the franchise and for CD Projekt Red. Um, hopefully Jason can you know, convince the higher-ups and say, hey, we need more time if the game's not ready when they originally want it to be ready. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. The last thing I'll say before we close out, because this doesn't have to be like a response or whatever, but this is like an idea to throw out there. It's going to be interesting to see how that open world comes together in the face of, you know, a lot of discourse this week. Um, granted, the internet has, you know, memory is terrible. But, like, this week, there's been a lot of praise, or the past two weeks, a lot of praise for Tunic and Elden Ring for how, like, not hand-holdy, how vague that open world is and kind of just lets you go out and explore versus games like Horizon, which critically did well, 
and you know and then compare that with other ubisoft games where like the map is like flooded with icons everywhere right witcher 3 a game that had icon right. uh, that is an icon fest of, of a game but i think the di- oh key difference God. there was that like <laughs> a lot of it <laughs> a lot of that game was like top quality even though, like a lot of the side quests that you're doing are, are like still have the same level quality as like main quest activities so they can maintain that i think with witcher 4 whatever again whatever they're going to call it um i think i think it'll be okay i think it doesn't have to be like a super vague kind of open world i think it can still be similar to what we know of but that same level of quality has to be there boy anything else guys before we close out the show all right thank you to again to everyone joining us live on youtube twitch and twitter as well as podcast services everywhere including apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, soundcloud spotify and stitcher thank you ro christian and gage i am daniel and this has been podcast pxn and we are out much love and keep on gaming see ya yeah baby <gasps> Mary Jane huh? Watson is in Fortnite. The red-haired version. What? This is great. Whoa. <laughs> Breaking news. Scoop. <laughs>